Welcome to the sermons of First Lutheran Church. I'm Pastor James Hunick, and I hope that these sermons help edify you and help you in your Christian faith. Please join us on Sundays for worship at 8.30 a.m. and 11 a.m. with a Bible study in between. If you'd like to know more about us or want to know more about the Lutheran tradition, please visit us at www.youhaveaplace.com or reach out to me at pastorhunick at youhaveaplace.com. Grace, mercy, and peace to you from God our Father and from our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen. The story from our Old Testament reading today is, well, it's an odd one. Not just odd, though, but one we read a lot, actually. We read it today in Lent. We also will read it during our Easter vigil. It's read on Christmas Eve as well. We get stories about this, Abraham offering the sacrifice of his son Isaac. It's an important passage, but it's also super weird, right? You read it and you go, what? God is saying, sacrifice your son? And then Abraham gets up the gumption to do it, and he's like, nah, don't worry about it. It seems kind of weird, right? We know Abraham has gone through quite a bit leading up to this point. Abraham, in Genesis 12, is contacted out of the blue by God and given an amazing promise. He says, go to the land, I'll make you great, I'll bless those who bless you and curse those who curse you, and all nations shall be blessed through you. And we see a promise that he and his wife would have a son, and it's through this son that the nations would be blessed. And then, all of the sudden, Abraham is told to take his son Isaac, his beloved son, go to the mountain and kill him. And it's interesting. There's no bargaining. There's no questioning. We have that in other stories where Abraham turns to God and says, uh, no, right? When God wants to destroy Sodom and Gomorrah, Abraham says, wait a second, what if you find so many righteous people? And they have a negotiation, right? When Abraham has not had the promise of Isaac, after more than a decade, he goes to God and says, hey God, uh, what's with this promise? But all we get here is, so Abraham rose early in the morning, saddled his donkey, and took two of his young men with him and his son Isaac. That's it. God says, sacrifice, and he sacrificed. When we run into this story, I think we can ask a question. Who can trust a God like this? Right? Who can trust a God who would give you a promise and then say, kill the promise. Right? Because that's what it is. 
the one and only Son, His beloved Son, the whole world will be blessed through Him, and then God says, kill Him. To understand how Abraham can do this, we have to understand Abraham's story a little bit better. Genesis 12, God comes to him and he gives them that amazing promise I already told you about. And then Abraham immediately forgets it. In the same chapter, there, it says that there's a famine in the land and Abraham goes down to Egypt and tries to fix the problem himself. He doesn't stay in the promised land and, and trust that God will provide. And then he gets to Egypt and he looks around and he says, well, they're going to kill me. I know what I'll do. I'll marry off my wife to the Pharaoh. Uh, that's a great idea, right? He sees a problem. He does not trust that God will solve it. Tries to fix it himself. And, well, it kind of goes badly, right? Except, God uses that to enrich Abraham. It's so weird, right? He goes down to another country, marries his wife to a ruler. God punishes that ruler for it, and then the ruler gives him stuff. That's not what I would do if I were Pharaoh. God comes through, and he even uses Abraham's faithlessness, his sin, to enrich him. What about the next time? In Genesis chapter 16, Abraham and his wife Sarai decide to take God's promise into their own hands. And Abraham has a child with Hagar. They decide God is not coming through fast enough, so we're going to have this baby with the servant, and everything's going to work out great, right? Because when you introduce another woman into the marriage, everything is awesome. And of course it's not. And there's problems in the family. But God protects them through it. In Genesis chapter 17, Abraham goes to God and says, wait a second, God, we've been doing this all this time. You gave me a promise, and it's not happening yet, and this servant of mine is going to be my heir. Where is the son you promised? And God makes a covenant, cuts open the animals, and God himself walks through them to show that he has sworn by his own name that he will provide. The next chapter, three mysterious men come to Abraham. He feeds them under a tree, and they make a promise that went before the time they return, Sarah is going to have a child. And when they do, it happens. But in the meantime, Abraham does it the same thing. He goes to a different place with a different king and marries his wife off to her, him. Again, can you believe it? 
And not only does this king not kill Abraham, he gives him stuff. Again. And then finally, they have a son. This little boy, Isaac. Joy and laughter. When Moses and Sarah are so old that it should never be possible. Years after when God made the promise. What we see during Abraham's life is Abraham's faithlessness, not trusting when things are hard, and God's faithfulness. So that even when Abraham has trust in the promise, he says, yes, I believe you, when the decision gets tough, he doesn't really. And he lets sin get in the way. But God, not once, turned from his promises. Even when Abraham sinned, he was there blessing him, enriching him, making him great, and giving him a son. Over and over, God proved faithful. And so, when he comes to Abraham and says, kill the promise, Abraham has finally learned. He's finally learned that no matter how bleak, how weird, how odd the situation God is putting him in, God will come through. Because God is always faithful. Who can trust a God like this? Well, Abraham could, because God had proven himself over and over and over again. And so when they get up to the top of the mountain and Isaac climbs up on the altar, Abraham knows that he's going to come down with his son, whether the angel is there or not. Hebrews tells us that Abraham had faith that God could raise even the dead, like Isaac, after a sacrifice. But God stops the sacrifice and provides a substitute for Isaac to be sacrificed there on the altar. Who can trust a God like this? Well, Abraham certainly could. Because he knew God keeps his promises. I think there's a similar experience many, many years later as the people looked on at another son. He was a son who was sent to earth, and he did miracles. He preached. He had power. He could even stop the wind and the waves with his voice. And it looked like God had finally come through with the greatest promise of all. Jesus Christ, the Messiah, the Savior of the world, and he was going to take out the Romans and bring Israel to the top, and it's going to be amazing. And there was this weird thing about, you know, he would say things like be betrayed and suffer and die and then rise again, but he didn't worry about that, right? And then the strangest thing happens. 
this guy who could do miracles was arrested, and he didn't stop it. This one and only Son of God allowed the Jews to take him, allowed Pontius Pilate to have him whipped. And he carried another wood of sacrifice up a different mountain outside the city of Jerusalem. And you can imagine what it would be like for the disciples who looked at their Savior on the cross, crowned of thorns on his head, so beaten and bloody that he died from exhaustion only a few hours later. Who could trust a God who would do that to his son, right? It looked like the end, the end of the promised one, the Savior, the Messiah. He was dead on a cross. But God proves faithful with his promises, right? That thing that they may not have understood, that they didn't really listen to, that it was necessary for the Son to be betrayed, crucified, and then after three days rise from the dead. That thing, that was the heart of it, wasn't it? Even when the one and only Son, the Son of the promise, the Savior Jesus Christ was dead on the cross, God proved faithful. He kept his promise. And after three days, he rose from the dead our Savior, Jesus Christ. God was faithful. He kept his promises. Who can trust a God like this? Well, Jesus did. And he trusted in a way that we cannot. Neither Abraham nor us can trust with that perfection of a Savior who climbs up on a sacrificial altar of a cross and offers himself for you. We have a faithful God. I think we can relate to pieces of Abraham's story. None of us have spoken to God and been told, you have, will have a son who will bless the whole world through you. And if you did, we might have some questions. But at the same time, we face problems that will make us doubt, won't we? It's part of the human condition. Looking ahead and seeing, well, God's promises are there. They're written in a book. They're proclaimed from the pastor. But my life, well, sometimes God takes things away from me. Sometimes I get sick. What about his promises? And we learn from Abraham that even when we doubt and fear and worry, God is faithful. He keeps his promises even when you don't trust him. Even when you're worried about them and your heart turns away and secretly you inside you say, I don't know about this. 
God still keeps his promise to you. He sent his son, Jesus, to die for you, to rise for you, so that when you face your own grave, when you are lying there on your deathbed wondering what is next, you know, like Christ, God will keep his promise to you and raise you on the last day. Who can trust a God like this? Well, we can, because he proves himself faithful over and over and over again. He did it with Abraham. He did it throughout the Old Testament. He did it with his son, Jesus Christ, when he offered him as a sacrifice. And he will do it for you every day. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you for listening to our sermons. If you have any questions about anything that you've heard or anything about the Lutheran tradition, I would love to answer them. Please contact me at pastor, H-U-E-N-I-N-K, at youhaveaplace.com.